Is worry a sin? What does our worrying about things say about our trust in God? Why is putting God's will first important to not living a life full of worry? Pastor Jonathan McDonald joins Chris and Murdoch, and they tackle these questions and more on this episode of Your Church Friends. All right, welcome to Your Church Friends podcast. I am Chris. And I'm Murdoch. And today we are joined by our good friend, Pastor Jonathan McDonald of Calvary Bellflower. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Jonathan is the student pastor here and has been doing it for how long now? Uh, I have been doing that specifically for six years uh, on staff now for just over nine. So six, okay, yeah, so nine years, almost a decade. Almost. Jeez. So we're going to continue on. We brought Jonathan in to sit with us as we went over worry from the Sermon on the Mount. So we're going to just keep rolling on, and Jonathan will add any input he has, hopefully more, so me and Murdoch have to talk less. But Murdoch, you want to get into reading the verses? Sure. So yeah, just we're your church friends, right? So we brought in one of our church friends, so Mm -hmm. we're all church friends together. So yeah, getting into today, we are Matthew chapter 6, getting into the section on not worrying, which I believe starts verse 25, correct? Yeah. Cool. So I'll go on from there to the end of the chapter, actually. This is going to finish us up in chapter 6. So therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or gather into barns. And yet our heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And right there, depending on what translation, you might even say a single cubit to his height, mm-hmm. right? So either getting a little bit taller or living a little bit longer. And but picking back up in verse 28. And why do you worry about clothes? Consider how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that that not even Solomon in all of his glory was adorned like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow and thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles strive after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Today has enough trouble of its own. I got to tell you, if if it was worrying could add a cubic to your height, mm. I would be so much taller than I am today. I think specifically 18 inches. Right. <laughs> That's all I would need is just like that extra height. Yeah. Uh, but I really like that Jesus is continuing his theme with, with when we were talking about treasures in heaven. And the danger of possessions and their capacity to become idols in our life that demolish our faithfulness and our mission. And I don't know if you guys noticed this, but the term worry appears six times in this small little chunk of passage that Jesus is talking here. When I look at this, and and this is a hard thing for me too personally, is that Jesus is telling us out the gate that worry and and anxiety is a sin. And looking at the worrying and the anxiety, even tying that into what we were talking about last time about you can't serve two masters and looking at money, which you just tied in. And that really when Jesus was presenting it is where are you going to put your trust? Mm-hmm. Are you putting your trust in God? Or are you putting your trust in money? And I had that quote from the dictionaries of deities and demons when we're looking at mammon. And it really was coming down to the one who you're trusting to provide for you. So that's where Jesus here in verse 25 says, therefore, I tell you. So he's building off of what he already said that, hey, if you're really going to trust in God, that's why I'm telling you, you don't need to worry. 
you know, because it comes into where your provision is coming from, building off of if you're not going to worry about money, here's why, because you can trust in God and your provisions will come from that side. And I think we pursue money with the idea that it's going to solve all our problems, right? Like money will solve our problems. But like the great philosopher Biggie Small says, more money, more problems. And that's the reality <laughs> of it. The more I chase after money, the more problems I'm really going to have. They don't, they don't solve anything. There's just so much. It's a false sense of security. Yeah, the more I have, the you know, more it's just, you know, <laughs> quicker it goes. I've lived that life of uh, working at uh, Enterprise Rent-A-Car and just working up the scale and earning more money and just looking back at it now. It's like my life wasn't better. It wasn't greater. I didn't have more things. I, I wasn't happier, you know, and so that's what he's, war- you know, he's telling you again. It's like don't live your life just to acquire more stuff or more things and to worry about deals that you've made or, or anything like that. He's like, come to trust, you know, trust me each and every day. And uh, at this time when Jesus is speaking, these, these people that, uh, that he was speaking to are day laborers. You know, they're basically working each and every day and they're unemployed. They like, they don't have benefits like we do or, you know, EDD that we can call and take care of us in, in times like, you know, so he was saying, hey, you really need to trust and lean on on me and put your faith in God and look at, you know, as he, he's given the examples of look at how God is taking care of the, the plants and the animals. Will he not take care of those who serve him? And so that's just a, a beautiful reminder. And, and the cool thing is, too, is that I'm speaking, of, you know, of when Jesus was, was speaking and where he was speaking uh, about when he's talking about the lilies and talking about the flowers, I imagine like there were literally flowers on the hillside. There were all this kind of stuff. And so he's like pointing to them to say, look, you know, it's like, like we pass by these daily. We never give it a thought that they are clothed. They are taken care of. They are fed by the sun. They are fed by the, you know, all these other things. And um, they don't have to do anything. You know, God takes care of them. Yeah, I like thinking about it that way. Like a bird flew by and he's like, look at the birds, right? <laughs> like, isn't that? And yeah, I could see that. I like that. But even as you said, the things that, that we often don't think about, and I think that Jesus lays it out in a really simple way here. Like, look, you guys aren't like, pay attention to what's around you. If God mm-hmm. is going to take care of these. Isn't he going to take care more of you? Like mm-hmm. you're of so much more worth to God, right? So yeah, just getting us to pay attention to the obvious things around us. Because I know that when worry and anxiety comes in, it can become illogical mm-hmm. and it can start to take over. And then, you know, it throws your emotions out of whack and just like everything becomes so much bigger. And Jesus goes, whoa, whoa, scale it back. Well, look at look around you. Like you're worth something. You're worth so much to God. He's mm-hmm. going to take care of you. We had a squirrel in the backyard. We still do. <laughs> Always a backyard story. <laughs> we have a squirrel in the backyard and he comes and he just tears up our avocados when it's avocado season. And it's frustrating because it's like, I like avocados. And then we also give avocados. It's a huge tree, so we have a lot. And I kept thinking there's also a hawk in the back in our neighborhood. I'm like, hawk, why can't you get this squirrel? Like, that would solve my problems of this squirrel eating all my good avocados. And then I actually read this portion of scripture in my, like, daily reading. And I was like, conviction hit of God was like, I'm providing for that squirrel on a daily basis and using your tree to provide for him. Now go outside, look at your tree and see how many avocados you actually can collect and how many you have for yourself. And what the damage the squirrel actually does is so minimum to what you actually have. And then it got me thinking about all my worrying and the stuff I do because I don't feel like I'm a worrying type person. But I I do what I think some of us do. We dignify worrying with other words like Mm -hmm. this is my cross to bear. This is my concern, my burden. 
And even for me, I have to control a situation. And being a control freak is a form of worrying because if it's not in my hands, then I get concerned, I get worried about it. But we use these other terms other than worrying to justify it. And it was a huge eye opener for me in that moment where God was actually, like you guys are talking about, showing me an animal who runs along, along the power lines, never concerned about where he's going to get his meal because he knows he's got that avocado tree to just pick apart. And yeah, I've probably got more avocados in there that he could have some. Gonna hook it up with some avocados now, man. Oh yeah, it's season, <laughs> so I'm gonna be pulling those down. Don't worry, you guys are gonna get some. I just had somebody tell me last night that they don't like guacamole or avocados. Yeah, they're not getting it to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> really though, so Jesus in 31 is saying, "Hey, don't worry," saying things like, "What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear?" I think that especially during this COVID time with everything shutting down, so many people losing jobs, businesses closing down, and all of that. Yeah, it is a very real thing to look at. Oh. I might not make rent. And also you're bringing up EDD and it's like, I've <laughs> struggles with trying to deal with EDD and get those checks in and do the stuff. It's like in the meantime, and you know, trusting in God to be able to meet those needs. I know at the beginning, Chris, you were saying like, yeah, you know what? More money causes more problems. And there's that. Like, I don't know. I kind of look at it as like, I don't need money, but I need money. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it's a bad thing to necessarily like, Hey, you know what? Need needs need to be met. Mm-hmm. And in God's provision, as far as I can tell, I get a paycheck, so there's money comes in, and I'm able to go buy groceries and pay rent and do everything. God in my life doesn't just make manna fall from the sky. Like, that's not his mode of provision. Like, it's kind of working through the economy and having that. So I think that's also a careful thing that when we're talking about don't worry about money or, like, where you're trying to see is that God will oftentimes will provide in those ways. Like, I've heard stories like, oh, no, a food truck pulled up and just said, hey, we have too much food, and we're going to give you meals, right? And that fully happens. Uh, I think that sometimes we can start beating ourselves up over like, oh man, I'm worried about being able to have this when it's, I don't know, I think some of it's human, but it's like, okay, you have that worry. Are you bringing it to God and mm-hmm. trusting him that he's mm-hmm. going to meet that? I read this. It was pretty cool to kind of touch on what you're saying. It said, anxiety is a barometer of one's God. Those with anxiety about life worship mammon. Is that what you call it? Mm-hmm. And uh, while those without anxiety worship, uh, worship the providing God, it's really our anxiety tells us our level of what we're really worshiping. Where money, like you're saying, money isn't bad. I don't believe money's bad. I don't believe having money is bad or saving is bad. But if it's your pursuit, if that's your desire, and what Jesus is following up with is that eventually turns you into a person who only focuses in on that. And that's what you're thinking about. That's what you're worshiping. And then when that runs out, because everyone knows that money fails and money goes away or that the dollar amount of something changes throughout years, then it eventually fails. And that's what you're worshiping. You're stuck left with that. And that's the tragedy of it. Instead of just having a heart that pursues and worship God's, does what I'm supposed to do on a daily basis of being a good Christian, going out to work and allowing God to provide for me, then, and, you know, I've seen it in myself where I got a raise and I wasn't expecting it, but God was like, here and I always see that as God's way of sustaining me. I'm gonna start paying you double here at the podcast. <laughs> Congrats, Chris. All right, look at that. <laughs> yeah, I think that what I was trying to get to is like, yeah, not that we're saying that money is bad, but I've heard various Christians feel like, oh no, I shouldn't have worried about a thing. Mm-hmm. And you said at the beginning, like, hey, worry, Jesus laying out, worry is a sin. But I think that it's a human thing that you look at a situation and you know you're married, you have kids, you're looking at whatever, like, I need to be able to provide. Mm-hmm. 
out of concern, you have a concern to want to be able to meet that and to love, and, you know, to be able to bear those responsibilities. But I've heard people almost come so much guilt on themselves, like feel like, oh, I shouldn't have even let that level of concern come in that I'm wondering even what's coming next. Yeah. And, you know, there's so much extra guilt gets put on rather than, no, this is a human situation I'm mm-hmm. facing and I'm bringing what that worry was or that concern to God and kind of just matching that because... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've just come across a lot to where people are like, oh, you're worrying? You shouldn't do that, and that's bad. <laughs> yeah. like, Whoa. I think if I mean, if anybody is struggling with worrying about their next paycheck or worrying about their, you know, their wealth, it's I mean, years ago we went through Dave Ramsey's uh, Financial Peace University, and that's something that gives you real tactics and, and tools that you can use to to plan for you know to plan to get out of debt so you're not a slave to the lender but you can be you know a slave to our one true god and then to build up your wealth so that we can live like no one else and that's what his uh you know dave's big thing is is that you know our plan is to live like no one else right now which is hey, like hey, so many of us when we grow up we want exactly what our parents have right now and and we look at that and we look at our other friends and we don't see the amount of debt or anything else that they're that they're going into and so we are called to live like no one else so that way one day we can live like no one else we can give like no one else and this money that we've built up this wealth that we built up can be a blessing to others can do so much more to further God's kingdom and I can't tell you how Many times uh, this has happened for us in youth ministry that we have wealthy families and people in the church that have just given to help send kids to go to camp. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a product of somebody going to camp and receiving Christ and, and, and changing my trajectory on my life and God's calling on my life because I was able to go to uh, to camp and it's expensive. You know, there, there's yeah. no other way around it, but it's life-changing. And so I, I really look towards uh, the... Uh, to the day where, you know, Ash and I, you know, we find ourselves in the position where we can send, you know, five, 10 kids, you know, to go to camp, to have that experience, to change their lives. And um, that's what, you know, I see money as. It's it's, it's a tool. Mm-hmm. God has given this, uh, this, this, this money to help us provide, like you said, for uh, a place to live, food to eat, and then ways to, to bless others and to really help, help them out. And so, um, yeah, for, for anybody who's thinking that, you know, oh, money is evil and you shouldn't be worrying about or planning. And I was like, no, God says to plan. I I, I had it here as uh, Proverbs uh, 21, 5. It says, the plans of the diligent surely lead to success, but all who are hastily surely head to poverty. And so this verse is not telling us, hey, you know, to not think about the future, to not plan. It's like, on the contrary, he's like, no, God said it's a good thing to plan ahead, and that's being good stewards and looking to the future. What God, what Jesus is is warning us is, do not let those plans, those things that are that are happening tomorrow, cause us that worry, that stress, and to rob us of our joy today. Mm-hmm. And that that's that that's the the main focus that um that I see Jesus is telling us, like, hey, like you know. Tomorrow is going to have its own troubles. Don't let tomorrow's problems rob you of the joy today. And so that's why we have to live each and every day as itself and to plan for our future. I mean, I'm I'm a terrible planner as far as I I, I don't use a daily planner. Ashley is phenomenal at, at planning out her whole her whole month, writing and journaling, and she's great at it. And so I'm trying to be better at at making those plans. I was like, hey, here's some you know things I want to accomplish. Here's some meetings I want to do. All these kind of things. But I know right now, I mean, a big thing that's causing so much worry, so much anxiety is the election happening next week. Mm-hmm. And so much of that is like, you know, there, there's an outcome 
that I mean, really, I, I as as one person, I have no control over. I have a vote, thankfully, in in, in our country. Got you know, we get, we have been given the, our uh, a voice, but um, to not be so anxious to where we are, you know, I know I've heard of people losing sleep over this to where people are just losing more than sleep over this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And it, and it's, it's, it's causing so much destruction and robbing people of joy in this life. Thinking about just, you know, whoever, you know, who's, who's going to be in the white house, you know, and I love, I think, I don't know if it was one of you guys that posted it, but it was saying, Hey, whoever, whoever's in the white house come, you know, next year, God is still King, you know, to focus on that. And so like, Hey, that's who we serve. And to, um, to not let things of, or problems of tomorrow affect us today. I read some. I read this in my studies, and it follows exactly what you were just saying. It said, someone has said that the average person is crucifying himself between two thieves, the regrets of yesterday and the worries about tomorrow. It is right to plan for the future and even save for the future, but it is a sin to worry about the future and permit tomorrow to rob you of today's blessings. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What is it that Pastor Ken said? How does he say it when he talks about, you know, if you're worrying, you know how to meditate, but you're just meditating on the wrong things, mm-hmm. right? Because you're already chewing that thing over and meditating <laughs> on your mind. So just switch right. the things to the things of God and meditate there. Like you're already working that same muscle. Just put it on the positive thing. And I like that. And they're probably coming in the end of this first section time-wise. But uh, Jonathan, I heard you saying it with like our plans and it's good for us to plan. But what I've found is that we can hopefully it's prayerful planning right and Mm -hmm. we can see as far as we can see and we're heading towards like the best that we can see but a lot of times in life repeatedly god will say i have a different plan like you're Mm -hmm. going on a track but i'm going to come in and intervene and for me that's even where some of this comes in is that my plans are so much on like cool this is what i'm going to accomplish with my day and what i'm building up on and i'm reaching these goals and these things are happening and that it's even like hey if my plans fall away then you start to worry because like, oh, no, that was my way forward. And, you know, like w- my sustaining or, you know, getting to money and, you know, all of that, that's not there anymore. It's like, yes, allow God to be able to move in your life and just trust him, you know, mm-hmm. no matter what, if you're succeeding or whether mm-hmm. it looks like you're failing or whatever, if your trust is in God, let your trust be in God and allow him to change plans. Like I've been in that to where it's like, no, I'm holding on to the thing that I want to do and what I'm moving forward. And God's like, can you let go of that? I have something better. And then it can seem like things are crumbling because, you know, I'm trying to like make the thing work that God's not wanting for me. And versus here, what Jesus is laying out is like, hey, you know what? Just trust. It's okay. You can like let that thing go and it can even look like a period of lack for a while. Mm -hmm. But just trust in that. Be content and have that. That reminded me of two things. One, David, before he went out to battles, would always pray, God, if you're not with me, I'm not going. But if you are, then I'll go because I know with you I'll have victory. But then I also thought of Paul, and I don't remember where he was trying to go, but everything kept preventing him from going there. And he, he says it, I don't know if he says it in one of the letters or if it's in Acts, but he was planning to go here, but God kept shutting the door. And I think that's where the trust factor does kick in is where, yeah, you're saying, sometimes we make plans, and I think it's such a detriment that we do to ourselves sometimes. Uh, I, on job interviews, like you get, what's your five-year plan here? Make money? I don't know. What, what are you asking about? That's always my thoughts. Yeah. But we we can have an idea, but when we get locked into that, I think that's where it cripples us. And when we don't allow God to start moving and weaving and changing things, we get robbed of so many blessings. I, I just think about being here at Calvary. 
this was not in my future five years ago. I didn't see myself being here, sitting around a table, doing a podcast with you two guys. Wasn't in mine either. Right? The same here. Yeah, well, you, at least not being doing the podcast. You were already here. <laughs> you were, you were, you were, you were yeah. on I was already here. Yeah. Yeah. I was already here. But yeah, I mean, like to your point, it's exactly the same thing in my life. I was, I mean, I went to school to be a business management and operations person and that uh, that's that's just what I went to school for I want so my route was going to enterprise rent a car and I was I was planning on um making a lot of money being you know being in the business world like you're saying you know like hey that was my plan and then something came up and in in I believe it was just a divine meeting that you know God just had for me to to spark the interest and to to go on a completely different path and and a lot of times you don't really know which way to go. Like, you know, like we find ourselves in a fork in the road a lot of times. Like, well, this is my plan. This is all, this is what I want to do. But I feel like God might be pulling me. But, I have, you know, God, just give me a sign, you know, right? Just, you know, give me the answer and that way I can go. And uh, so many, so many times we just have to trust in him. I look back now and like you were saying about, man, look at all the, I wasn't planning on being here at Calvary. I wasn't planning on being a, a pastor, but look at all the blessings that I can look back at and look at, I was like, man, like, God, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much that I wasn't so hard uh, hearted and heavy headed <laughs> where I was just so focused on on my plan for my life, you know, and I think that takes um, some effort on us to soften our, our hearts, you know, to where like, hey, we're in that position where we're constantly in God's word and through prayer. So that way, when opportunities do come up like that, that, you know, we have a, a chance to change, right? We can we, we, we can pivot. We you know, we planted pencil, as they say. And there was times just either um, I think it was like like last weekend. I was uh, I was busy running back and forth, doing things, kind of trying to get things ready for uh, an event that we were having for youth. And um, just came across these uh, four guys that were riding their bikes around the church. And I I had so much to do, but for you know for whatever I just man, I stopped I stopped, and I talked to them. And I ended up spending a good two to three hours with these guys, talking to them outside on the patio, even showing them around the church, talking about the church and getting to know these guys. And afterwards, I'm like, God, thank you so much that I didn't just do what I normally would have done and just continued about my business, you know, just to go about and think about, you know, stressing, really stressing about all the things I have to do. I have to go to the store. I got to get all this stuff. And, but man, what are, you know, I would have missed out on such a, a, an fantastic opportunity to talk to these young guys and even later on they even came to the event and even the next day came to 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 church after <laughs> after we were done but still mm-hmm. they, they came and made that connection that was really really cool and so it's the it's those uh it's those times and the ideas i mean like you when you feel god moving man you have to just you know not be so focused on getting all your um your to-do list you know all done you know, so many people are, they love checking off that box. They love getting those things done. Whereas like, you know, God is saying, it's like, oh, I didn't tell you to put all that stuff on your list. You know, I had this in, in mind for you or this plan for you. And uh, you're right, Murdoch, we have to be ready to say, you know, I was like, man, like, God, your plan is greater than my own. And I need to be in a place where I can recognize where you're leading. And the only way we can do that is by spending time with him, growing in our relationship with God. And we do that by through prayer and his word. I think we're going to, with that, we'll go to our first, did it again. We'll go to our commercial. I keep saying first, and we only have one break. Uh, So we'll go to our break. It is uh, to help us who worry the worry-free face cream. So that way we don't look like we're worrying all the time. I mean, it is the first. Yeah. 
and only. First and only. All right, let's go to the break. From the owners of the Beatitudes Beauty product line and the creators of the Peacemaker shampoo and conditioner comes a brand new product aimed to help fight the aging process. It's the Worry-Free Face Cream. Your face will be free from the wrinkles that come from worrying about your day-to-day -day life issues like What will I wear? What should I eat or drink? Or How do these clothes make me look? Simply apply the Worry-Free Face Cream eight times a day, every two hours, before noon and after 6 p.m. Or once every hour, you are awake to see those blemishes, dark under eyes and uneven skin tones gone until tomorrow. The Worry-Free Face Cream will help your face defy aging. Even a single hour, remove the imperfection and help you face tomorrow worry-free. Each day has enough of its own troubles, but your face won't be one of them with the Worry-Free Face Cream. So run out and get yours today. Do not apply after being outside more than five minutes, on a full moon, 20 minutes before or after eating, near pets or directly on your skin. Worry-free face cream must be applied with worry-free skin protector, worry-free face moisturizer, worry-free face scrub, and medical grade gloves. Worry no more with the worry-free face cream. Hey Casey, what are you doing? Hi Remy, I'm just looking for a new podcast to listen to. All the ones I listen to now are pretty boring. There's this new podcast out called Your Church Friends. It's pretty interesting and sometimes funny. I think I heard about that podcast from someone else who said it was good. I think I'm going to check it out. You should, and if you like the podcast, you can also get their website, yourchurchfriends.rocks. It has all their old episodes on their Plus, a link to their shop where you can buy their cool t-shirts for a reasonable price. Wait, are these the same guys who do the 5 minutes with your church friends videos on YouTube? Yes. Oh good, I'm a subscriber to the channel and already really enjoy those videos. I always make sure to like them, leave a comment, and share them with my friends. Me too. Are you also part of their social media accounts, like the Facebook group page? No, but I see the website has a link to that as well. Do you know why it's your churchfriends.rocks? Yeah, it's because they rocks. Alright, well we are back and I need to get myself some of that face cream because I don't know if it's just age or worry or whatever, but I don't want people to see it on my face, so <laughs> <laughs> we'll contact that non-existent company and, and get some of that going. One of the things that I wanted to bring up coming into this though is that so often we can look at the aspect of not to worry. But when Jesus lays it out in verse 33, or I'll go 32 and 33, he says, For the Gentiles strive after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So it really is that two-part thing for me. It's like, don't worry, but make sure that you're seeking the kingdom and his righteousness, because mm -hmm. then those things will be added, right? When he's talking about, don't worry about what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear. So I know that it is kind of a thing of like, hey, check your faith, check your lifestyle, check where you are at as a person. Because if you're running around with some kind of a secret sin or you're just being ignorant of God or ignoring God or just not wanting to be obedient, you know, as we're talking about that thing of having a soft heart to God's leading, is that if you're not doing those things and then you're just saying, well, I shouldn't worry about this. Like, well, 
maybe you should worry about it because, you know, maybe you're headed into a wrong path. So God's saying, get yourself on straight, seek the kingdom, or yeah, Jesus is saying, seek the kingdom and these things will be added. And again, that plays a weird thing on the trust because like you're meaning I shouldn't be seeking the money as the solution. I should be seeking a relationship with God as a solution and the provision will come from that place. That's just one thing that was, as I've read through it, that that always jumps out to me as the, the missing ingredient a lot of the times when we talk about, hey, don't worry about it. I was like, well, do you have reason to worry about it? And I like that you brought that up too, because with it, Jesus is saying like, worry makes us like everyone else. The whole Sermon on the Mount is Jesus giving us this directive or these instructions on how to bring the heaven culture down here. And we've talked about that before on the show where Jesus is saying, we need to bring the heaven culture. If we're citizens of heaven, we need to bring that culture down here. And worrying about stuff, about how, not so much how I'm going to pay rent or something like that, because those are real, those are big concerns in our lives. But worrying about, I need a new TV or I need a new phone or stuff like that, that's just a little more trivial. That makes us like everyone else in the world. We're just chasing after things. And I like the idea with it is that, you know, when we talk about worrying and the worry can't add another day to your life or can't, you know, do all that stuff, make you taller. Jesus is giving us two things here. He's saying, don't worry because I don't want you to look like everyone else. But also there's a don't worry because there's a protection behind it. Because when we worry, you know, with anxiety does make us live shorter. That's, that's proven in history and science that like... Anxiety does shorten our lives. It does so much. It causes physical damage to our body. It can cause headaches, neck pain, ulcers, back pains. It affects our thinking, our digestive system, and and anything around that, and even some of our coordination. So it does do a toll to us physically also when we're captivated by worrying. I know for myself, like anxiety, if I have high anxiety about going into a situation, it does probably a little bit too much information for the podcast. It affects you. <laughs> it affects my digestive system. It really does. It yeah. messes with me in a, in a big way because the anxiety level, and he's warning us about that. But did it make you short? No. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> no, DNA did that. Uh. But uh, <laughs> the worry, it just pulls us apart. And I think it, it, pulls us, it pulls us away from all of our hopes, and it pulls us away from all that and more pulls us towards fears. And, and I think that's what he's really kind of warning us about and – Elsewhere, Jesus talks about how worry strangles us. The worries of life strangled the seed, so that way they didn't produce any fruit. And we can see that, that worry does so much. It steals our energy. It takes away our joy. And what it does is really what you're talking about, Murdoch, right now, is it causes us to take our eyes off of God. And the moment I'm focused in on the, the thing, I'm no longer focused on God. Yeah, and how many times have we, you know, we've worried about something and then, I mean, like, like you said, like we, we, it affects our body. We just constantly just meditate on that. We just keep playing that in our head and, and just, you know, um, and it turns out not as bad as we thought. Or non-existent. Or non-existent, yeah. exactly. Right? You know, and so uh, how many times, I mean, I, uh, example that, you know, that I had just, you know, growing up and just being so afraid if, if, if I broke something in the house because like like we normally did <laughs> we were terrible uh, I don't know why our parents left us alone you know that was not a good idea but we uh we would break something or you know something would come up and man we would just be so afraid and fearful of you know mom and dad coming home and just you know oh man they're gonna take this away they're gonna do this and when that when that didn't happen when it was you know our dad would come home and he was like you know I was like oh you knuckleheads 
you know, knock it off. Don't, you know, like it wasn't as bad as you thought, you know, and, um, man, what a relief that is. And, um, I've had conversations with, with people that might, might've been like nervous to talk to me or bring something up. And, uh, and they shared that with me. I'm like, man, I was, I was so nervous to, to bring this up because I don't know how you would respond or how you would, you know, what you would say or, or feel. And, and afterwards they're like, that didn't happen at all. <laughs> you know, it was actually not bad at all. You were actually really encouraging. And so we, we do that to ourselves. We play that over and over in our head and we think of all, you know, we always go to the worst case scenarios when we're, when we're thinking about something and, 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 and that just does us no good. Like you said, it goes straight, straight to our stomach and messes mm-hmm. with our digestive system. We lose sleep and, and it, it affects us in so many ways that, um, chances are it's not going to be as bad, <laughs> as bad as you think. And, uh, or like Murdoch said, you know, it's, or it's just completely non-existent, you know, and that's just, why do we do that? Why do we continue to play that in our heads? And man, like, if I would have not have wasted my <laughs> my time or my my whole week worrying about something coming up like the next weekend, then man, I was like man, my my week would have been a whole lot better if I would not have been uh you know just stewing on that. Perfect example of that. I got my first driving ticket. I was 18 years old, mm-hmm. and it was an unsafe right turn, totally baloney ticket. Anyways, so I got my first driving ticket, and I've got this thing in my hand, and I have to tell my parents. Mainly my dad. My mom would have been like, cool. But my dad, I had to tell. I didn't go home after I got the ticket. I went to the church I was attending, and one of my mentors was there, and I just sat in the office with him for like hours because I was delaying the inevitable of having to tell my dad, but I was also worrying about it, stressing about it, and I was like, he's going to get mad. He's going to take the car away. I'm not going to be able to drive anymore. Just this, all these what ifs, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's really what worry boils down to. They're the what ifs in life. Mm Mm-hmm. And I got home and I, I remember I got home and I cleaned up the whole house because I was like, if I do this, at least that's going to soften the blow. That way they knew it was coming. Like something's up with yeah. Chris. <laughs> yeah, he's doing stuff. What's wrong with him? And he came out. I was outside and I figured if I was outside, if he was really mad, that at least gave me the safety to run. So he couldn't grab me to hit me or anything like that. <laughs> and I was like, hey, dad, I got a driving ticket today. And, uh, you know, it was for this reason. And this is what happened. And he just looked at me and he went, pay it do the traffic school and that's it but you got to take care of it hmm. and instantly that and I think again this is why Jesus is warn, uh, warning us about worry that load that I had self-imposed on myself that weight that I had pressured onto myself throughout the whole day just because yeah the the results weren't as bad as I made them in my head I know it's taking a little bit away but hearing both of your stories like to me just even through experience, not talking about, because I've had those experiences with my dad, sure, but even just looking at coming to God, you know, when there is failure and when there is whatever, you know, there's sin or there's just like, you know where you've been at and that that worry can keep you away from him. When you're talking about if I hadn't wasted all that time worrying, it's like worrying about coming to God and confessing or repairing that relationship, that worry about doing that can keep you. And then you look back and go, man, I should have come to God so much sooner because when you come to God, yeah, sometimes it's just like, okay, you got to pay the ticket. You got to, you know, handle the responsibilities because actions have consequences. But there's just always been grace there and all of the fears of the what ifs and, you know, you know, that was the last time. He's not going to forgive me this time or, you know, whatever it is. And then coming just like, oh no, he is so loving and he is so good. And to just come there, I know that that's not really what we're talking about here, but even on the level of trusting God, that we can trust him to be who he is, right? Mm -hmm. 
So we can talk about worrying about money and everything, but when we're talking about, that's another worry that I think is huge, is just people worry about their relationship with God or lack thereof and don't know how to move forward. And when it comes to approaching our father, like you just gave great examples of an earthly father, right? Mm -hmm. Doing well, didn't beat you or do whatever. Like, but our heavenly father is perfect. And like when we come to him, it's just like, yes, there is grace and mercy there. I think it brings up a good point, though, that does need to be added to the whole topic is that that is something that we as Christians, you know, I know I've worried about that, too, where I've done something wrong. How do I get myself back on track with God? I failed you. How can I present this to you? I think not even just Christians. I think non-believers who are questioning the thing themselves, like they're worried, just like, no, I couldn't be. It's such a good thing to remind people that it's just as simple as the illustrations we told about our dads. Just tell the truth. And allow that grace to hit you and move forward with it. Because if we hold on to that, then it's crippling us. It's taking us down. And like I said, the, the what ifs, worry is just what if. Because there's no reality behind some of the stuff we worry about sometimes. It's all what if. But it's the what ifs that drown us and focus us to, to keep our eyes locked here. And I like the wording from the Bible uh, that it says, seek first his righteousness and his kingdom. Because that seek is a pursuit. Mm -hmm. That is me going after God's kingdom. And if I'm focused in on seeking and pursuing that, the distractions of everything, they just, they don't hit as much because that's where my eyes are locked in. And, and I think that's an important part that he's telling us here. This key ingredient is, is seek. And, and the righteousness doesn't mean like good. It just means God's will. Seek God's will. Seek his kingdom. Even going back to the Lord's prayer. No, that's a good point. And yeah. that's where, I mean, just starting with the seeking, that's where it kind of came into my mind with you guys talking about going to your dads about something like that's even looking at, oh, no, don't worry, because God will provide. So it's just, OK, be start with your seeking with going to God. You know, again, worry can keep you away from him. So start there seeking him and saying, you know what, God, I have this thing going on. You know, that this thing is going on because that's even what Jesus says in verse 32. Your heavenly father knows that you already need them. So you wouldn't need them if you already had them, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you're coming from a point of lack, kind of, you know, like, oh, I need this thing. Like, oh, God already knows. So seek him, seek his kingdom, seek his righteousness and come into that spot. Yeah, I think that you can try and do the passive thing of just don't worry about it. But I think that when you bring the activity in of the act of seeking. One of the big things when I first started talking uh, to Pastor Mike about even just, you know, the possibility of coming on staff and what this looks like. And one of the big things was, well, that's, you know, wasn't part of my plan. Wasn't, I wasn't on that path. It's all, you know, I would be making a lot less money. And so when I look back now, there's not a single day that went by where God didn't provide. Literally every need, you know, that Ashley and I and now the boys, you know, that we've ever had has always been met. And and it's not of my own doing. It's you know I'm I don't have any I don't I don't have any other jobs or anything else that I really that I do. It's it's man like God has provided so much for myself for my family and just if I can look back and and just be reminded of of His faithfulness and His promises that He is the promise keeper. How much more can I trust in Him with those promises about my future still to come with my with my two boys, you know, in their future. I know there's a lot of worry even about their upbringing and making sure I don't screw them up, right? You know, all that kind of stuff. But, but to know that, man, as long as we seek first the kingdom of God, we're continually growing in our relationship with him. Yeah. I've already, I've, I've already seen the proof. 
Mm-hmm. I've already seen the proof that God is faithful and, and, and that he will provide. And that's good enough. That's a really you good know? point because I can agree on that same point. Mm-hmm. You know, for anybody listening, who's like, oh, no, that's cool. You guys are all talking about it. But as I look back, like, no, God has provided. Yeah, it's a good reminder. And I think it, it, it was actually one of my points to victory over worry that I was going to throw in. But I'll just say it now. One way to get over worrying is being thankful for what you have mm-hmm. and thankful for what God has already done. There's no better way to know God will take care of you than remembering what he's already taken care of. Mm-hmm. Like for me, myself, I could, there are plenty of moments within just the 12 years me and Justine have been married where it was really tight financial circumstances, but the storehouse increased during those times. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't figure it out, like how I was jobless. Justine's running a cupcake business out of our house, trying to figure out how we're going to pay the next bills but there was always a surplus afterwards even to the point and i've always shared this and it's kind of stupid but there there was a one time where i lost my job and i was like god what are we going to do like how how are we going to make it and you know i was just like god i just want to i i'm trusting you and i know you'll take care of things but to me like the dvr in my tv box was like important Mm -hmm. so stupid but it was important right because that's some form of entertainment in my life and in that this whole season where I wasn't working and God was providing for us, I still had a DVR box. And I saw that as such a huge blessing. And I know it's small and dumb, but it was like, God, you were even to go beyond my needs and took care of a want when I handed everything over to you. And that's still a reminder in my head that I've got to think about that and thank God. And even just the small stuff of, like I was saying, thanking God for what you have. You know, the, yesterday I was driving uh, to Buena Park to pick some stuff up and I was in my father-in-law's beat up truck and the radio just sucks. So I didn't have it on. And, you know, it was just me in my mind. And I was like, you know, good time to pray. Right. And I just started in with thanking God. And, and I just thanked him for my family because that was the only thing I could think of at that moment that I should thank him for. But those reminders help us overcome that time when we're just stuck there worrying about what's next. Mm-hmm. So that was point number four. There's three other ones ahead of that. We'll get to them later. <laughs> I was like, I haven't been counting. When did we get <laughs> to four? Well, that was four, but we went backwards. Uh, but we've touched on uh, the first point I had with the victory over worry was trust. And we've touched on that a lot as Jesus is talking about in six, verse 30, where he's, it's this trust that we have to trust God to meet our needs. And really trust is the antidote to anxiety and worry. And we, we, we've got to trust God. Yeah, looking at the trust aspect and Jesus saying you have to seek first the kingdom. Later on, Matthew 18, Jesus saying, hey, if you're going to enter into this kingdom, you need to become like little children. Humble yourselves, become like little children. And when I really think about that and I look at my daughter, just like the amount of trust that she has for me is insane. Mm. Like her whole sustenance and life and everything depends on her trusting me, right? Just like everything that she has or is coming to her or what she's come to expect of this world is like me and Delilah. And just that level of trust that she's not waking up like, oh, no, I better figure out how to do this for myself right now. It's like, dad, <laughs> right? And I, it pleases me to be able to do that. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes like, oh, man, but I'm too busy. I want to do my thing. But when it comes in, they're like, no, I'm going to take care of you and do this and get you set up. Like how much more so God so when he's telling us to humble ourselves to become like kids, I really relate that to trust mm-hmm. and that like when we can see our level of trust to our parents, I know not everybody's had the best parents and everything, but to look at God as the perfect father who won't deceive us. Who we can depend on. Who we can depend on and mm-hmm. really come in on that aspect is like a kid has it pretty easy 
<laughs> like if you think about it, it's like if I can humble myself to just be like a kid, I'm like cool, whatever I'm dealing with, and you know whatever he's provided for me currently, like I can be content there. And if I have a need, and it's a need, he'll meet it, and I can mm-hmm. go to him for that. Like it's a, uh, I think that that ties into Jesus also saying like, hey, I'm not giving you anything that's heavy. It's light what I'm giving you. Okay, and so compared to he- worry is really heavy. Mm-hmm. To just be able to trust God, that's light. Oh, I don't need to worry about that. God, you'll take care of me. Thank you, God. Right. Yeah, we talk about how I was like, man, it would be great to go back and be, be a kid again to not have those the worries of, of of our world that we go through. It's like, man, I mean, just like you're saying, like my parents, man, like fantastic, <laughs> you know, to, to where I can, you know, depend on them. I, I look back now as like that's what I want to be for for my boys. And I was like, I don't want them to have a worry in the world right now. It's like that's not their job. Their job is to be a kid. What does that look like? You know, to have that childlike dependency on their parents and their faith. And I was like, hey, my parents are going to protect me. They're going to take care of me. They're going to clothe me. They're going to you know uh, provide for me. It's like that's a perfect re- you know relation that we have to our heavenly Father. That yeah, like He wants us to have that kind of same dependency on Him. And man, how much and, and that just. You know, I just think about like the joy I get out of, you know, loving on and caring for, for my, my two boys. How much more does God just love to take care of me? He loves it when, when I, when I trust in him and, um, yeah, to, to get to that place to where that's just, you know, I don't know, I don't want to say secondhand nature. That's our first nature. Like we just kind of live in that space. You know, we live in God's presence and we, uh, continually just lean on him, depend on him. And we say, Hey, let, let me lean not on my own understanding. But yours, you know, yours is going to be, you know, the, we say, you know, God's will. And we, I always call it, hey, this is God's best for my life. If I lean on him and uh, not try to do life on my own, God has so much better in store for my life. And uh, that's the place like, of course, I want to to live in that space. I don't like being a, uh, being a a worrier, not a warrior. I like being a warrior, you know, but not Mm -hmm. a worrier. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I, uh, I spoke, um. Well, a couple months ago now, I was just, uh, talking about, you know, worry and trust and the waiting. And I remember bringing up the the farmer, you know, and how he doesn't, you know, he doesn't worry about the, you know, the the weather changing. Like, like he he does his part and then he waits, upon, he waits on the Lord, you know, and then God will bring about the rain and soil and everything else that, that, that God uh, does and he provides. And that's nothing of the farmer's doing. And so how much more like, hey, is God, you know, is the farmer dependent on God? and uh the seasons and the weather so for us to live in that lifestyle to where it's like man like all right god well like we're gonna do our part you know we're gonna continue living a life where i'm trusting in you i'm depending on you <laughs> i need you to show up and time and time again he does mm-hmm. every time without fail like i said you know i love the song Waymakers. like he's the Waymaker, promise keeper you know that is who you are and so singing that and just you know be reminded of that each and every day you know there's a lot of distractions in our lives and things that'll take our focus off of that but man, we just have to continually refocus our, our thoughts and the things that we're consuming and be, you know, be in that place where it's like, man, all right, God, I'm on your team. <laughs> you know, let's, 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 let's go, you know, go, go on this journey with God and not just asking God to bless the things that we want to do. That actually, both of you guys touched on two points in the victory. So now we're going to be done with victory over worry. The first, the second one was remember who God is, our father wanting to always take care of us in a good way. And then the third one I had was develop a godly perspective. And what you were just saying, that is who he is. Like when we look at that song, Waymaker, that is my favorite part of that song. That mm-hmm. is who you are. Mm-hmm. Because developing that godly perspective and remembering who he is, that's going to just lock, lock our focus in on him. And when my perspective is on him, when the outside stuff starts trying to creep in, 
you know, I, I can just take that. And, and I said it in the video we recorded earlier for YouTube, the taking every thought captive. But I forgot one part of that that I didn't see in my notes that it just hit me now. The verse says, take everything captive to obey Christ. So I take everything captive to then obey and keep my focus in on his will, his perspective and, and what he has for me. Because if I don't, then I'm just I'm distracted by everything, everything the world has to offer me. What, what do they say? Like uh, your phone can if if you're trying to focus in on something and you go to check your phone, you'll lose like 20 minutes of time because you're just distracted by like the apps or everything, at least the average person. I don't know if that's how I was going to say, whoever says 20 minutes is lying to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> go yeah. check your screen time. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, and that's happened to me where I'm like doing something, trying to work and I get a text message and I'm like, oh, what does it say? And all of a sudden I'm down the rabbit hole of Instagram memes and I don't even know how I got there, but it was distractions upon distractions and, and a godly perspective stays focused in and even where he says each day has a worry of its own or uh, therefore uh, do not worry about tomorrow itself. Each day has a worry about its own. God's saying every day you need to just put in full attention to me mm-hmm. in my kingdom. And when we take up that perspective, it changes. Yeah, just the, the thought of distractions. We went through a book you know, that was talking about turning down the distractions, the noise of, of our lives. And there's so many things that, you know, that are available to us, especially here in Southern California, <laughs> that uh, there's a lot of things that we can do. And we fill up, we fill up our time. We fill up, like you said, just, you know, getting in the car, or listen to the radio. And it's like, we're always, you know, always listening to something, always doing something. And so we need to get in the habit of where, you know, to turn down the noise, to say no to so many of the other, the, uh, other things that can take up our time to where we can have that moment of silence and genuinely be still, you know, to not move. And it's, it's so counter-cultural of what, you know, of what our society says to do right now. You got to be go, 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 go. It's all, you got to be on the move. You know, if you're not moving, you know, then somebody else is going to beat you, mm-hmm. you know, to the race. And it's like, no, you need to slow down, slow down and don't miss out on those opportunities. Don't miss out on the beauty that God's creating all around you. Don't miss out on the relationships that he's trying to put in your life, those friends. Just imagine if we were, you know, so focused on, all the things we wanted to do and busyness, like, you know, you two wouldn't have, you know, had your friendship, you know, and during this, even during this COVID time, how many times, you know, people have, they can't do what they normally have been doing to fill up all their time. And I mean, I've been blessed and I know Ashley and I feel the same way. Like we've been blessed to now be a part of a life group, you know, just because, Hey, we have, Hey, we have the time now. And this is so much better than, uh, than anything that we, you know, that we could be feeling that time with. And so uh, it's so important to, to take advantage of the times where life gets a little slow and life can kind of, you know, quiet down a bit and, and, you know, like God's coming in and helping us out, you know, to tune out the, the, the racket, all the, all the noise and to really listen in and, um, to see and hear what God's best, for, best is for our lives. Uh, it's so important to, uh, to live that way, you know, to, uh, like I said, to, to soften our heart and not be so set in our ways and to um, turn our focus into him. And sometimes it's hard to focus with all the noise going around, you know, and Ashley, she does uh, her Zoom meetings, you know, in our kitchen table. And sometimes, you know, boys are too loud or like that. And say, like, hey, quiet down. And I say, hey, I want to focus. So you got to, you know, you got to turn down the noise as best you can, as low as you can to to really focus on what, what God's trying to say to you and, and through others. And yeah, so I, I, I I used to despise the quietness, you know. I always had music blasting or something. I was always going and doing something. And the older I get, you know, I get it. It's like I, I, I take delight in 
not having anything on my schedule. I take delight in actually keeping my Sabbath, mm-hmm. to keeping that family time and to to not worry about, oh man, I still have a lot of things to get done. Maybe I can sneak it in on my day off. Like, no, don't rob yourself of the time that, you know, God has given you to spend time with your family. And um, that's a whole nother subject. I like that because you're seeking the kingdom at that point. You, yeah. You're a father and a husband and you're seeking to do the right thing there and you're following God in that. And it's just like, hey, if you set aside that time, and you do that, then God's going to take care of the rest, right? Versus if you spend that day off chasing the wheels and doing everything, like you've mm-hmm. thrown the thing off balance. It's like God can do a lot more in a lot less time than you can. So, yeah, I like what you're saying. Even just taking with distractions. I read that book with you uh, here with the rest of the staff. And again, that's part of the seeking, right? Because if mm-hmm. you're seeking God, well, you want to be able to hear what he's saying. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be able to hear him, you got to turn down a lot of the stuff that you have going on. Yeah, I know that you've got another point, Chris, and kind of this might be my last one unless you trigger a bunch of stuff on on what you're saying. (laughs) But just when I was looking at trusting God, to look at the fact that Jesus gave his life while we were yet sinners, right? We were ignorant or actively against God, and Jesus came and gave his life for us. He spent it all on us, right? When you've come to the point of faith, what would God withhold from you? Like, what are we thinking we can't trust him with? Mm. Like he came while we were enemies to do the most loving act to lay down his life. Now that we've been adopted into the family, why do we think that we can't trust fully and completely? You know, it's just really to give that perspective of, you know, even going into eternity, like he Mm -hmm. died to give us an eternal life when we were very well not deserving of such. So it's like, yeah, you know what? He can handle whatever that situation you're going to face this week is. For as much as me saying that to you guys and everybody else hearing it, I'm like, I'm talking to myself. Because, <laughs> yeah, there's stuff going on this week that's like, no, I need to really just back off and trust God that, you know, he can do it in his way. And I just need to do the part that he's calling me to do. Yeah, I'll wrap up with this point and then we'll we'll close the show. I read this actually. It's from uh, Warren Wiersbe. I like him. It says, uh, there are then a few points we need to keep in mind when we seek to live out this story today. We need to trust God as creator and sustainer of all life. We need to embrace the mission that God has given us. And my mission is as husband and father, as well as professor and preacher and author. We need to dwell in the confidence that the kingdom is reaching from the future into the present world and that God's promise to bless those who are indwelling in that kingdom. This is not to say that each of us will always have what we want or even what we need. Rather, we must see Jesus' teaching as they are meant to be seen. Assuming the reality, availability of provision, Jesus calls us to strike out and trust God for what we need. And, and I think that's just a cool way to wrap up this whole this whole uh, episode. And it, it's just some really profound words. When I read them, they really resonated with me. So that's it for this one. Thanks for joining us, Jonathan. Yeah, cool. thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Yeah, we're going to have you back on here. This was fun. I like the three-person thing. So we'll have you back here soon, hopefully, if your time's available. Absolutely. To, to come do this. So uh, I'm Chris. I'm Murdoch. I'm Jonathan. We are your church friends. Thanks for listening. All right, cool. That was fun. Thanks for setting everything up, too. Yeah, that was cool. I knew that something. He's got those luxurious used cars. He's got those lavish used cars. He's got those glorious used cars. And he's got the used car for you. Who, you ask? Well, it's Jimbo of Jimbo's Used Car Lot. 
Sure, they're a little rusty and maybe filled with moths, but don't discredit them. Jimbo guarantees his used cars will soon be the treasures in your eyes. You'll never have to worry about thieves breaking in and stealing these gems. Don't buy a new car and let monthly payments be the master of your money. Buy a used car at Jimbo's and show the world where your treasures really are. Jimbo's used car lot is adjacent to the beef gristle mill across the street from the Anger Emporium. Come by and find your treasure today.